Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. It's been quite some time since the last Natter, which means there's much to talk about. There's a a League Cup semi-final to talk about. There's a title race to talk about, potentially. There's a 1-0 win against Fulham to talk about. There's a transfer window to talk about. And I will be talking about all of those things and more with Dave Watson. Hi. And Paul Doolan. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. It's, uh, just, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of work on. That's that's how I am. And I'm wearing a hat, so that's my mental state right now. The start of this, the recording of this podcast was delayed by, I don't know, about half an hour or something because... Uh, we wanted to know where Dave was, and uh, he had a report to finish with his <laughs> boss. I, ju- I just have n- so little comprehension of what Dave's job is, but it just sounds it just sounds like a child like me's idea of what a, a real job is. He's got the Japanese boss coming over for dinner. And it has to go well. Yeah, Mr. Yakahama <laughs> is coming. I've got to finish the report on next on the next quarter. This has to be ready before Berlin wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that. It's not even that. Basically, it's I've set something off, and I needed to make sure that it ran properly and fired out the right information. Otherwise, um, I'd have to do it all again. So. Yeah. Dave, you, you misunderstand me. I, I don't want to know what it is. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry. I, I've got zero curiosity. <laughs> what I want to know is how the lads of NUFC are doing. God. Neat. Neat segue. So it's been uh, quite some time since the uh league cup quarter final against leicester city i've been looking forward to talking about it 
because I was actually there. But it, it feels like the distant past now. But it was such an important match. And I was it's I think it's the most important Newcastle game that I've yeah. actually ever that I've ever at- attended in person. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. And as you both know, thanks to my stressed messages on WhatsApp, <laughs> uh, I very nearly missed it because uh, the train we were on broke down just when outside I heard, of York. When I heard that you might only be able to get as far as Darlington, I genuinely uh, got in touch with somebody who's a, like a delivery driver up there that I know. And I was, you know, minutes away from phoning my parents and saying, would you mind just driving down to Darlington and picking up a friend because he can't get to the match? It would have only oh. taken them 45 minutes to get there, but they would have done it for me, their golden boy. Of course oh. they would. That would have been sweet and weird. <laughs> <laughs> when I found out, I did. I went on the train line and confirmed your story. Yeah, <laughs> that you were delayed. That was it. It was uh, it was very stressful, and we arrived literally. It was it was a shame that we missed the the ten minute build up to the game because at home games now that is so amazing. It was amazing to be to walk into the stadium, walk through the bar, and it not to have kicked kicked off, and there was not a single person in the bar. Wow! Really, in the concourse. Everyone who had was at the stadium was in their seat. So I we cannot were... remember seeing that in my supporting lifetime. No, never. Uh, so that was pretty amazing, and we did. We managed to get to our seats pretty much within a minute or two of the game starting. Like I say, it was a while ago, so there's not much point going in to the ins and outs of it, but. It was an exciting, good victory, right, Paul? Yeah, I think what was most exciting is we sort of went into the next day thinking, let's just try and avoid Man U and Man City. And we yeah. could, we've got a good chance of getting to a final. And we've we've managed to avoid them both. One of them because they seem to be imploding and lost to Southampton. And yeah, we're... Two game, we're a two-legged tie away from a final. It feels like it sort of crept, it crept up on me, and maybe supporters as a whole, as a whole, but certainly me. It's like, well, League Cup quarterfinal, yes, that's exciting, but you don't sort of wet the bed over that. But then suddenly, suddenly it was like, oh well, hang on now, we're in the semi-final, we're playing Southampton over two legs, and then. Probably will face Man United in the final, and you'd have to make us at the moment underdogs, I would say, probably in that game. Or, you know, but not mm. enormous underdogs. Yeah. It's not like we're playing Man City of last season or whatever. Yeah, it's not like and, we've played Man U in the FA Cup semi final with that Rooney one or in the final that we lost. Right. But it feels like to me, suddenly, it's like, oh, hang on, out of nowhere. We've got our best chance of winning a trophy since I think when we were twelve points ahead in yeah ninety five ninety six right I mean like 
Because I, I, think I would, so, I would, I would say the since... two FA Cup finals, we were bigger underdogs. I would say the 2000 or 2001 Chelsea semi-final was as good a chance. That was yeah. the last semi-final I've been to. Yeah. Who did they and end up playing? Villa in the final. Oh, right. Okay. And, and Villa weren't much cop at the time. Okay. And, okay. Uh, the only other ones I would say is like the um, the, the European cups. Um, we got like quarterfinals a couple of times. Yeah. And you know we the semi final against Drogba for Marseille yeah, was it? Okay, in that case, I abandoned my theory. No, no, I think, no, I no, think no, you're I right. Think I think you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm just trying to like hype up that I was there at a really important game. <laughs> it was a massive game and a massive performance. And, and and because I'm so excited about my big day, <laughs> I need to say. The following day, I did the tour of St. James's Park. This was all a Christmas present for me and my brother. We did the tour of St. James's Park. Have either of you ever done the tour of St. James's Park? No. no. Would you consider doing it? I it, mean, I might go with my son when yeah. he's old enough, but it's not something that I'm... I think, I think we're hey, skirting around. You get around. to go in it's, the changing room. It's a, children, it's a children's activity. Yeah. You it's, get to go in... Uh, John Joe Shelby's executive box. <laughs> do you genuinely do? No, it was a lot yeah, of fun. But, but yeah, weird, I feel like a lot of photo opportunities. Because yeah. everyone else was doing it. I was like, oh, we should do it. But I did feel like, we're not seven. <laughs> like, I was like, sit, you sit in the like media room at the like table in front of the microphone. You should have absolutely I'm done a manager. that one. <laughs> Is that good, dude? You should have absolutely done that one. Like, I did take do that one. I'll send you the picture. Oh, God, yes. Did it with my brother, both of us looking quite miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was fun. I'm, I'm really glad, like, genuinely, when it looked like you weren't going to make the game, um, I was I was gutted for you. And then for not only for you to have made it, for us to put on that performance, to us, to have, us have got through, I'm just, I'm well chuffed for you. As I say, it was a long time ago, but the, if we're going to talk about the game itself, I would say that the key, well, the one key moment above all others to mention is Dan Burns' goal in front of the Gallagher. Yes. Oh, my God. Dave? It, I mean, what, what can we say about it? Other than, because my, my memory of it uh, faded quite quickly because I was watching it on a tablet while dancing around the kitchen um, like a lunatic. Um, I know that it was it was born out of our high press again. Uh, forced a couple of errors. The ball came to like Willock and Joe Linton. A couple of interchanges of passing came back to Dan Byrne, who channeling Peter Beardsley danced through a couple of defenders and slotted home a just a lovely deft finish with his right foot, his weaker foot. In the far, it was fucking amazing. And then the celebration that came with it, like the noise in the ground through my headphones sounded deafening. I can only imagine it was, it must have It was been amazing. amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And he was so happy. I was at the other end of the ground, but he was, once he came back to our end, he was sort of celebrating with our end as well. It was like, it was uh, amazing. I didn't even, I wasn't even sure who had scored it until they announced it. It had yeah. the feel of certain 
like Andy Carroll goals when he was with us, where it just looked like a horse had escaped right. <laughs> and was just running. And then Joe Linton got a goal. The, the two times that I have seen Newcastle live in the last year, the player who's impressed me the most is Joe Linton. Mm. It's, you really get a sense of just how fucking strong he is. He's just—he's it, it, a beast. He's an absolute unit. He, like, I mean, we keep going back to it, or I certainly do. Like, he was a failed striker. Like, what a year and a half ago, two years yeah. ago, and now he is an eminent central midfielder. It's fucking. But awful. not only is he physically really strong, but he's like tough. He's a fighter. He really mm-hmm. gives a shit. He's like always on the referee. He's always like. He takes it as a point of pride, like to win every battle. He's, I, I really like him. He looks yeah. like more than a forty million pound signing now. <laughs> I don't think we ever thought we would say. No, I think that 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 you touched on there. I think that bleeds throughout the team, though, because I think I mean you look at the way Bruno Gumierish celebrated a fucking tackle. Where he, he he managed to, to get the ball to go out of play. You you look at the way that the, the centre half celebrate a block or or like a clean sheet at the end of the the season uh, at the end of the game. Which by the way we've had what four five clean sheets so far this season. Um, it's no, oh, it must be more than that. It must be like eight or nine now. Um, we haven't conceded a goal in four or five games except yeah. in the FA Cup. Yeah. No, no, I tell you what I'm thinking of. Uh, there have been four or five games where Nick Pope hasn't had a, sh- a save to make. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But, like, it bleeds through the team, that, like, the, the delight they take from winning their individual battles or or as a unit. We never had that under... God, I can't remember the last time we had that. I think it's a moment in time. It's like whether we will go on to become a, a better side or um you know a, a a regular in the top four or whatever it is i think this season is uh there's always one or two clubs in the league who are having this moment and it hasn't mm. been us for a long time where it's it's there's no bad apples there's just a, a real momentum and a mm. real team spirit and everyone's pushing the same way and it's it's working. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? I don't it trust weird, it. Isn't it? <laughs> um, I, th- I think the weirdest thing for me is that we the way that Newcastle are doing it this season isn't isn't like we how we did it under like Pardew to get fifth. That seemed to like you felt there were a lot of games that we were winning by by like chance or by a moment of brilliance from Ben Arthur or something. These games, you can see the fucking plan. Even in the games where we, you know, we draw nil-nil with Leeds, you can see what the plan is. The plan's working. It's just, you know, a couple of the players aren't up to scratch at the minute. Well, I that, think Pardew, this... that Pardew season, so many of my memories of that are like Danny Simpson diving to make goal line clearances in sort of yeah. every other game. Like, when's the last time anyone had to make a clearance for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just not been happening. 
I think like Eddie Howe, the work that he's done with the existing players and the new boys that have come in, but holy shit, that guy's got to be like if we finish fourth, he's got to win manager of the season. You would think so. It's I find it funny. I mean, I I would say probably you're probably right, I agree. But I'm not saying you do. I find it funny, like it's like I know if he doesn't win that, people are going to get so angry. There's going to be so many arguments about that. Like, that's a trophy that we have to yeah. fight for as a club. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure he would like it on his shelf, but, you know, I'm, I think yeah. the fans will care more about that than he will. Yeah, yeah. it's modern football, isn't it? A lot, your modern fan wants individual accolades, whereas that's sort of the antithesis of what this team is. I don't think he'd be too fast. Anytime he's got manager of the month, he's sort of made a point of sharing it around with the coaching staff. He's given it to a food. Yeah, bank. but he's taking it home. Like <laughs> oh, he, he yeah, might yeah. stand and take a photo with it, but he that, that's in his cabinet. Come on. So it's already in my boot, but uh, <laughs> you, you come round and look at it. Where did you uh, where did you put that that trophy, Eddie? You know, the manager, oh don't worry about it. It's in the don't worry about it. It's, don't worry. it's fine. <laughs> So uh, I think we should have a quick break. There is a lot more to talk about. There's the uh, the, the victory against Fulham and there's this uh, transfer window that we're in and there's uh, two legs of a semi-final to talk about. So um, let's have a quick break. We'll be back in, back, back in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. So much to talk about, guys. Oh, God. Who's this guy? I don't know. Sorry. Are you going to tell us to smash the like and subscribe buttons? Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Newcastle Natter. Don't forget to check out our merch on <laughs> natter.com. Oh, I don't like him. It's there for us anytime we want it. Anytime we want to give any kind of a shit, <laughs> we, could be, we could be selling out no. the indigo at the O2. <laughs> okay so um let's talk about the what it feels like what we want to talk about is the transfer window because we're in it now and it feels like a signing might be imminent but we should talk 
about the game against Fulham mm-hmm. because it, the, the, here's another thing that crept up on me. It wasn't until the game started that I was like, oh, hang on, Fulham is six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That had, I had not noticed how well Fulham were doing. And, and it wasn't an easy three points, was it, Paul? No, I mean, Fulham are another West London club who are doing very well thanks to strikers that Rafa Benitez didn't think were good enough for Newcastle. <laughs> Seems to be a theme. <laughs> to be fair, well, to, in Rafa, in Rafa well Benitez... Yeah, I was going to say, in Rafa Benitez's uh, side of the argument, Mitrovic's penalty... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't make his case very well. I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen it in a game? uh, Didn't... Oh, who was the Israeli (gasps) um, West Ham player? Tel Ben-Heem? No, was it Yossi Yossi Ben-Ayou? Ben-Ayou? Yes. Pretty sure he did it once, but, I mean, that's pretty sure and I might be way off. But the thing is, it's one of those laws that exist in the game that you, you never hear about ever like it never happens but it's it's there for a reason it's to stop you like well, everyone pushing it forward and kicking it or something well everyone knows the law because everyone if he just uh, dribbled yeah started dribbling like everyone would know that he's not allowed to do that but i guess the interpretation of it like like even if you do it by accident even if like you slip and it got anyway the point is yeah. he fucking missed and he's got form for that so I don't think it was like watching the highlights. It looked a lot more comfortable than than you were saying, Paul. Well, what it was, was it, they we were so through really. They had a couple of moments of pressure, but it felt like it could be a bit like the Leeds game or something. It felt like yeah. I think it felt like Leeds, Palace, Bournemouth, all those games where. It was just going to, it felt destined to finish nil-nil, but then we've got a £60 million striker that we didn't have for some of those games. It's quite a nice thing to have on the bench. And what a, like, for for him to come back into the squad and to get that kind of goal, like, almost straight away on on his return, I think that'll do him the world of confidence because it's just like it gets it out of the way. And it was an, a, a, I mean, he's not going to score an easier goal, is he? No, it's a small he, sample he, size as well, but he's over a goal every two games at the minute. Mm. Is he looks like man. a proper striker. I like what obviously Callum Wilson deserves most of the credit for that goal. Mm. But from what I've seen of Isak, I'm, I'm pleased by he does seem to like. It's sort of, he's obviously a different player, and I'm not saying he's in the same class, but he sort of reminds me of Haaland in mm. his sort of like, one, I think he's almost sort of as weird looking as Haaland. <laughs> he's quite a like weird, gangly posture. They both look slightly AI, I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And he looks, and, and uh, he seems to have... Not all strikers have this at all. He seems to really like hanging out in the six-yard box and finding space. But he seems to have a bit of it because he has that 
that sort of almost, I mean, modern reference, Lineker-esque movement in the box, where it's just, in the build-up to that goal, you see him making quite a few different little runs looking for space. And he just keeps plugging away, keeps finding gaps. Mm. But he also looks really good running at defenders from distance. He looks good in the air. He looks quite strong. He's skillful. As, this is why I don't know what his weaknesses are. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got, I mean, Harlem better look out because we've got <laughs> Eastland. <laughs> I think I think what we'll guys find... Indigo too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll find that um Isaac is uh is a very good player, but I don't think he'll maintain this level of goal scoring form. Uh well that's I, probably uh, unlikely, you know. But, um... You know, if if he's a one in three striker, that's a lot better than the majority of strikers we've had in the past, if he can stay fit. Um like the the thing for me is that he he contributes to the game more than Wilson does. If like he presses a bit more than Wilson does, he you know he's more more of a threat in the air than Wilson is. Um, I'd love to see them play together with maybe Will, Isaac playing like deeper off Wilson in like a like a. 433 or 4-1-1 or something like that. I'd like to see them play together because I think they could have a good partnership. Well, well that's the weird thing about when he came on because I didn't think we'd see them together necessarily. I always thought it would be Isaac on for Wilson. And we mm. essentially went, I think, probably 4-2-3-1 with Isaac as a number 10, which... It was almost 4-2-4. Yeah. It would be that... nice to... <laughs> <laughs> It would be good if uh, Isak can stay fit because now that Chris Wood is going, which we should talk mm. about, Chris Wood is uh, leaving on loan for Nottingham Forest with a view to a permanent deal for fifteen million. Apparently, have you seen also that we're getting a loan fee for him? So we're getting a loan fee, and then if if he um, achieves a certain number of targets, we get fifteen million quid. Like and he joins them officially. Um, great. So at least we're getting money a great for bit it, of fucking business. Yeah, he is leaving, and we've got two strikers now, both of whom, in their time at our club, hmm. are always injured. Yeah, I do think that we've got the facility to play a different type of football. If, if say, if both of them got injured, I think we could play with like. St. Maximum up front or like a a some kind almost like without a striker and play with like Joe Linton, uh, St. Maximum, Almiron, Willock, that kind of like attacking force. Um without a, I think we'll a, find another I don't know, Hosselu or something. Like another I think I think we'll sign another forward, not necessarily a striker in the Chris Wood mould. Because I think Mm. Almost the way we have the Isaac, someone who can play anywhere across that front three, because we we are light on the wings still. Like you think, Jacob Murphy isn't really long term the quality we need. We're linked with is it Marcus Turam? Yeah, and Musa Diaby again. Yeah, James Madison. Although that wouldn't be in this window, I wouldn't think. 
but that type of player i think we're yeah. more we're more on the lookout for that sort of person i think chris wood did a very good job for us but he we've progressed faster than we thought and he's not needed for where we're going now yeah i just wonder whether we might get i don't think it'll be our priority but whether we might get a cheaper striker with a review uh, with a view to them just there to be a reserve striker in case that's sort of what in the same way that we've just signed carius on a contract Mm. like just because we don't we don't even really have any youth strikers do it at the moment no but i don't think i don't think we'd sell chris wood if we wanted that sort of figure in the squad because that is that perfect signing would be chris wood yeah so i think that there must be a a bit of a risk then considering how often wilson and uh we'd have to imagine there's someone lined up to come in or they've looked at i don't know what isaac's career injury record is i don't think it's nearly as bad as wilson i think he's just had well, that's what Quite I'm saying. If there's someone who's lined up to come in, then that's what I'm talking about. Like, but uh, then I think I agree with what Paul was saying is that I don't think we'll go off and sign, you know, your, your prototypical number nine, like an out-and-out striker. I think we will sign. We we could sign a wide forward. I mean, we've been linked with a with a stack of them, so I wouldn't be surprised if if we pulled in somebody who was who could play that role. Let's talk about some of the people that I've seen that we're linked with, and maybe you can throw some names in, and you can tell me if you want them or not. I've seen uh, from Chelsea. I've seen us linked with Conor Gallagher. Definitely Do you want, want Conor Gallagher, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I'd take Conor Gallagher. Um, I think he's a tidy player. I think he puts in a, a, a good shift. He's certainly got a range of passing and and all that. I don't know if he's a priority right now. Um, his position because he's he would play as a number eight um, or a number ten. Um, we need a number six in the central midfield. I don't think we. I don't think we're short of number eights. We've got what three, four who can play that position quite well. Paul. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think our best number eight is having to play as a number six at the minute in Bruno because mm. Shelby's injured. I mean, Longstaff can fill in there. I think our most pressing need is a number six, but I think if Conor Gallagher is available at a decent price, the way he plays would fit into how into our pressing game so well. I think he would... He's a big upgrade, I would say, on Willock or Longstaff. Mm. I love, I love Conor Gallagher. I don't know if he's having a great season with Chelsea at the moment, but I haven't seen him play a few times live. But Crystal Palace, he's just got, he feels like such an Eddie Howe player. He just he just runs and runs and runs, mm. and he's so eager. And I, I love him. I would love to have Conor Gallagher in my team. A midfield <laughs> three of Joe Linton, Gallagher, and Bruno would be quite formidable. Yeah. And potentially not defensive enough, but yeah. No, but I do think Dave's right as well. Our most pressing needs are probably a number six, a right back, and a wide forward who can play as a striker. With that yeah. in mind, curveball name that I have seen us linked with a little bit and uh, scoffed at by uh, many a Newcastle fan, perhaps understandably so, who I, I would have thought could play as a number six for us, Scott McTominay. Dave, I mean, uh, I don't think he's 
I, I don't think he's either the level that we're at or an upgrade on Bruno Gumierz doing that doing that job. Um, I, th- I think Scott McTominay's ceiling is probably like sub at Man U or sub at any like top four, five, six club. Um, I, I, I'm just not that impressed by him. I'm, I'm sure if he were to move to like fucking Fulham, he'd be a, an absolute mainstay. But our aim surely has to be higher than that. And I think we can get better for less. Anything yeah. to add to that, Paul? Yeah, I think I agree with Dave. I think Scott McTominay's at the level where his wages will never be higher. And if either of them were still in the Premier League, he's the sort of player Watford or Sunderland would sign. Yeah. Well, I don't really know what his, um, how much he would cost. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about wages. But I thought he's not really an upgrade or anything. He's not, I don't see, he's not like an exciting signing that's going to like drastically improve our first 11. But I was thinking, oh, well, you're selling it. But. <laughs> But, but I was thinking it could be a helpful like player in the squad. If I was playing football manager and I could get Scott McTominay for 10 million or something, I might have him in there to help the squad. You know? I think that's the sort of signing a year ago would have made sense for us. But if we're thinking we're going to need the squad depth for Champions League, there's no point signing players who are going to be on the bench. It's basically, okay. we need first team players who are going to compete with the likes of Willock, Longstaff, Almiron. So if we need a number six, which I think we're agreed is a major priority, who? Who is the... I'm not hearing us linked with any. No. um, There was an Athletic article looking at the main ones. Right. So check out that article, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. The uh, Tielemans at Leicester. He's not a number six, though. He's, again, he's a number eight. Um, I'm trying to remember who they, who the the players in that athletic article were. Is, is it Caicedo at Brighton, who Chelsea have somehow found the money to bid for as well? Yeah, he's bid like, fifty. Yeah, he'll be like seventy million or something. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think that there's. There, there will be a stack of defensive midfielders out there. There will be the, the issue is that the profile of the player that we're looking for is like under twenty six and with potential. And for some, for for someone like that in the defensive midfield position, you're going to be talking forty five, fifty, sixty million quid. I don't think we're going to spend that this season, like this it's, this window. It's going to be a case of Axel Legrand, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So the four, the four in that article: Caicedo, Tielemans, Fafana, and Lukic. And I could tell you nothing about Fafana and Lukic. I don't know if you right. two can. Okay, so um, any other names we want to throw in there? Ziyech. I'm hearing about Ziyech, guys. Yeah, I think the other one from Morocco, Amrabat, was it? Hmm. Uh, like I know you shouldn't judge a player on an international tournament, but he looked to be exactly what we need. I think either of those would be a big, a good addition to the squad. I I wouldn't be surprised if the focus this window was on right back, and we've been linked with that. Like we've had 
a lot of scouts go out to watch Ivan Fresnadar or Fresned, I don't know how you pronounce it, from Valladolid. He's a young right back, um, highly regarded. And we've also put in a bid, I saw today that we put in a bid for Matthias Franca or Francia, I don't, again, don't know how to pronounce it, from Flamengo, who again is more of a number eight, more of a creative um, attacking midfielder. Um, it doesn't sound like there's any like serious links to a defensive midfielder. It's just it sounds like the kind of thing that all the fans and pundits say that's what Newcastle are lacking. But maybe they just there isn't somebody out there that fits the profile. Okay, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more to talk about, and we're in danger of having a very long podcast. So, um, any final thoughts before we talk about some forthcoming games? Any final thoughts on uh, transfers? The thing that puts me off about Franca or Franca is he has one of those C's with the little five underneath in his name. And the only time <laughs> we've tried that before was Casapa. Oh, I, God. I don't think we should be going after that type of player. Certainly not a Brazilian with the number five. Under, no, absolutely not. Uh, the only other things to... Good point well made. Yes, is, yeah, in terms of outgoings, Carius has signed a new contract, which means that he's likely to be involved, but then Dubravka can't play for another... He can't sign for another club um, because he's represented two clubs uh, this this season. And uh, you'd expect Darlow to maybe make a move. Um, yeah, it looks like that, that's the talk as Darlow's going. And I've, I've heard... I've seen some, like, shit spoken about Darlow on social media this week. I remember when he stepped in, I remember him having a really good half season for us. Yeah. yeah. He was really good. I think that there was a run of about, in about eight games, he made like 14, 15 saves in a game uh-huh. on a number of occasions. So I don't so have a, a lot problem. Of people saying he's like the worst keeper we've ever had. Fuck off. He's not, nowhere near the worst goalkeeper we've ever had. Like he wouldn't be in my top three bad keepers. There have been worse I mean, players at the club when he's been there. Matt Sells, for fuck's sake. God, I forgot about Matt Sells. Jeez. Darlow's oh, fine. He's just like Lascelles. He's just not good enough for where we're going to go to. I don't begrudge him, eh? Yeah, I think not suited to how we play as well. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, so, okay. Who else? Nothing else? Transfer-wise? There'll be much more. uh, Hopefully next time we do a podcast, we'll actually have a signing to talk about. I think as well, our biggest signings of the last few windows have sort of come out of the blue. So let's let's hope something like that is going on. Yeah, there's still like, what, there's still 11 days left of the window? So our next game is, we're doing this podcast very late in the week. Our next game is, on Saturday, it's the late Saturday kickoff. It's away at Crystal Palace. By the way, in the unlikely circumstance that you have a spare ticket going for oh, that game, or a spare two, two. A sp- two tickets next to each other, and fancy making giving them to me and Paul will play face value. Do get in touch, and we'll you buy you a pint. Like, throw in some signed merch. We'll give you some sign <laughs> merch, guys. You can become a Nataruni. <laughs> oh, you become a, a platinum level Nata follower. 
don't know what you get for that. You never know. It might work out. But yeah. We have been helped by that, listeners, in the past. Do tweet us if you know of any tickets in the away end going. I would actually sit in the home end if it came to it. Well, you can buy them online. Although I do have a cold. <laughs> um, uh, so, should we do predictions for the Palace game? They're having a bad time of it at the moment. Seems like a good time to play them. Although you always think with any side is having a bad time of it, at some point they're going to turn it around. Will it be against us, Dave? Uh, no, I don't think it'll be against us. I think we will win. I think that Crystal, uh, Crystal Palace give up a lot of chances, don't create that many. Um, they're not They're not particularly good. I think the last team that they beat were, were Bournemouth, but then everybody's fucking beating Bournemouth. Um, and also they've got quite a few games in, in quick succession. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, did you watch the game against Man U? Yeah. No, yeah. They were like Crystal Palace weren't very good. Like Man U were poor by their standards, and Crystal Palace was struggling to to compete with Man U. And it was only one moment of absolute, you know, perfection by all aside that got them the the point. I don't think they deserved it. I, yeah, I fancy us to beat them home or away. Um, do you want to give us a score just for the sake of it? Seventeen, no, two nil. Two nil. Paul. I think a tight 1-0. I can't see them scoring against us. Like Even though they did score against Man U, you were sort of watching that game thinking this could go on for a year and they won't. Mm. I think their selection against Man U was... It had that feel of like, nothing's working, let's just try playing these six players as the front six and see if that does anything. I don't... I think another 1-0. I think um, it's becoming a... Uh, the case that sides who feel that they're, they're the underdog against us are learning the, the best thing to do is sit back. Yeah, Just but I think with with Isaac, St. Maximum, Almiron, I mean, we will be without Bruno. Um, so unpicking the defence might be a little bit more difficult, but... I just think we've got too much quality in our attacking players for for Crystal Palace, who whose defence isn't very good. Well, I hope that's the case. My attention is uh, very much on the uh, two legs against uh, Southampton. <laughs> the two legs we've got coming up against Southampton, uh, back to back, not interrupted by another game. Hmm. Uh, it's very important. We start away. Southampton, when we got them, it was a case of, I think they were bottom of the table. It was a case of, we could not hope for, realistically, a better club to get in the semi-final. Mm. And since then, well, obviously, they had beaten Man City to get there. But they really do feel like they've, they've turned it around a bit and they're a different proposition to what they might have been a month ago. Uh, does that mean that we won't win, Paul? No, you'd still fancy us. Southampton would have much rather had Forrest than us, possibly even rather had Man U, but that's sort of debatable. I, uh, My worry is 
I know I personally, and I think a lot of fans from what I've seen, are not mentally prepared for the idea that we're not going to win this. Yeah. Southampton knocked Man City out, and you have to have something about you to beat Man City. So I don't think it's going to be easy. We might I think the first leg might be a bit of a crashing down to earth moment, but I I fancy us to win over two legs, but I could I could see it being sort of nil-nil first leg and quite a nervy second one. I think when yeah. you're the favourite, which we definitely are, I think you want to be doing it over two legs. Yes. Yeah. It's harder for an underdog to win over the course of 180 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think what the, the good thing about that, that Man City result in for, from a Newcastle perspective is that we won't take them lightly anymore. I think that'll that'll focus a lot of minds because because they were able to do that against Man City, even though it was a much changed Man City side. I think it just focuses the minds a bit, and like we can't take them lightly, you know. Even though we've got two legs, I th- I, honestly, I think we'll we'll win like one nil away, and then win two or three at home. And because we we made the in hindsight mistake of changing the team as much as we did against Sheffield Wednesday. I think there's no doubt that, I mean, it is a semi-final anyway, but there's no doubt that we're going to be dead set focused on trying to win this trophy, isn't there? I mean, yeah, we're not going to rotate the team for this game. I wonder, I would imagine we'll play full strength teams against Palace and for the semi, even it's Saturday, Tuesday, that feels doable when you've got a week off from Tuesday to Tuesday. So who were Bruno out? Who, I mean, who are the midfield three? It's got to be Longstaff as number six. And then yeah. it's probably Wouldn't Willock and Joe Linton. Yeah. Um, but then there's no one. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but then there's... Your cold has got progressively worse over this podcast. It's really got bad during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> There's, there's no one else, is there? We don't have but any then, other central midfielders. I mean, no. No, but then we boring. saw against. We saw we can. We have the players for a four-two-three-one. I think yeah. we're not. We don't have to stay wedded to four-three-three if we've not got the numbers for it. Yeah, true. You could even you could even play like a. Oh no, because then you wouldn't have them on the bench. Shut up, Dave. Yeah, good idea, Dave. Wow. What was it going to be? I was going to say you could play a 4 4 2, but have Willock on the left hand side and Burn on the left hand side. Shut and up, when Dave. we're attacking, just. <laughs> Fair. I take that. Okay. Yeah, I deserve I that. Think because it's two legs, I don't think there's much point predicting the score for that. And hopefully we will record another podcast. So I've got two questions then. One, uh, how many players do you think we're going to have in by the end of the the window? Not a clue. Four. Four? There's first team players. Yeah. Two. First team squad, yeah. Yeah, two. And the second question is, do you think the club would prioritise a League Cup trophy or finishing the Champions League spots? I think the club... Would prioritise Champions League spots. Yeah, I think the squad 
and the manager might prioritise the cup. And as fans? As fans, I, I would, by a million fucking miles, prioritise the League Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's a tricky one because it feels, with Chelsea and Liverpool being so shite this season, you think there's probably a never never a better chance to get in the top four. Though it feels like every year there's two of the top six go to shit and we're we're only going to get stronger. Like, we will get in the Champions League places if we don't this season. Yeah. It's not that I don't... It's not that I don't care about the top four. It really means very little to me in the way people talk about it. People talk about it like it's a trophy. But mm. we've been in the top four and it, just celebrating being place. It's like, I understand why it's important for a team, for a club's progression and everything. But it's you're celebrating being in four. Yeah, yeah. Not, I think as well, there's certain... Certain players in this squad at the minute who, like Dan Byrne, who aren't going to be there for the sort of the glory years that might be to come, but I would like to see lift a trophy. Mm. Like Trippier, for example. Like I, think Tri- Dan might, I think Dan Byrne might be a major part of the squad for the next three seasons. I mean, he hasn't put a foot wrong, really, has he? No, but I think you look at sort of when the squad goes on to that next level. I think yeah. like Dave says, Trippier as well, you sort of think, I want this group to win something rather than for them to get yeah. a squad that's going to be churned every other window into Before the Champions we turn League. Into Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. Like bidding 70 million for... Honestly, they, they must be pushing, country. they must be over half a billion quid spent. It must be by now. If if they get this guy seed up for fifty five million, that's got to push them over half a billion pounds in one season. I think that's been rejected anyway, but they'll probably go back higher. Maybe they don't know about FFP. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're going to find out at the end of the window. I'll keep saying it. I, I think this is the this is a moment in time. This is the time to enjoy being a Newcastle fan this season. Yeah, I think yeah. It's, this is it. The, the journey is more important than the destination, guys. Wow. Yeah. I don't know who I like. like I say, Lex, by the merch, that by the guy <laughs> or the like and subscribe guy. Yeah, I mean, they, they can both do with a shoe in, to be honest. <laughs> okay, there is a mountain of tissues that I have got through over the course of this podcast. And it's not even been that. I'm going to was going to finish that sentence. <laughs> I was going to say, and that is not because of how excited I am about Newcastle. It's because of this cold, and I am now out of tissues, so I must. This must end. All things must end, and that includes, sadly, this edition of the Newcastle Natter. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. <laughs> you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Goodbye. Buy the merch. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.